Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we worship you. We come before you, Father, and we just invite you, Father, that you would just be with us, Father, as we share your word this morning, Father. Let it be you and not us, Father God. I thank you in advance what you're doing, what you have done, and what you're going to continue to do in all of our lives, Father. And thank you for this day, and thank you for our freedom. And this we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Good morning. I am reading out of the NIV version, Genesis 25, starting with verse 1. It says, Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Madan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan was the father of Sheba and Dedan. The descendants of Dedan were Asherites, the Ledishites, and the Lemumites. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Ephah, Hanak, Abidia and Aldada. All these were descendants of Keturah. Abraham left everything he owned to Isaac, but while he was still living, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them away from his son Isaac to the land of the east. Altogether, Abraham lived 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. His sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre in the field of Ephron, son of Zoh Zohar the Hittite. The, um, the field Abraham had bought from the Hittites. There Abraham was buried with his wife, Sarah, after Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who lived near Beer Laharoi. This is the account of Abraham's son Ishmael, whom Sarah's maidservant, Hagar the Egyptian, bore to Abraham. These names are the names of the sons of Ishmael, listed in the order of their birth Nebathui, or Neboith, uh, the firstborn of Ishmael, Kadar. Ab, Ab, no, Adbil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duam, Masa, Hadad, Tima, Jetor, Nafish, and Kadima. These were the sons of Ishmael. And these are the names of the 12 tribe, tribal rulers according to their settlements and camps. Altogether, Ishmael lived 137 years. He breathed his last and died and he was gathered to his people. His descendants settled in the area from Havilah to Shur, near the border of Egypt, as you go toward Ashur. 
and they lived in hostility toward all their brothers. This is the account of Abraham's son, Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Padan, Amram, Aram, and the sister of Laban and Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her. And she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire to the Lord. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to, to them. The boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was a quiet man, staying among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew, I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is a birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Amen. 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 Oh, man. You know, it's a tongue twister when you start reading all these names and, and, and where they came from. You know, it's almost like somebody speaking in tongues. You're trying to decipher what the heck they're saying, you know, and that's why I have other people reading for me because I have enough hard time just reading English, you know. <laughs> but it's so good. So thank you, Sandra, so much. You know, it, it, it right here in Genesis, it starts off with Abraham again took a wife, you know, and, and this was this was after Sarah had died, you know, Abraham, and it says there that through verses two and four, that Abraham fathered six additional sons. Again, I, I see this as Abraham already trying to help God because God told him that he was going to be the father of many, you know. So here we go again. Abraham trying to, to, to help the Lord in, uh, in, uh, in, in this process. You know, in verse 5, he says, Abraham gave all he had to Isaac because Isaac was the one that he, that, that he really loved and, and cared about. And, and he was generous to him, you know. And, but, you know, to, to, to his other sons, you know, because they, they came from the concubine, you know, uh, they were, they had less status than Isaac had and Sarah had, you know, and it goes right here into verse six. It says, but Abraham gave gifts to his, to the concubine at the, which Abraham had had 
And while he was still living, he sent them eastward away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. So we see here, Abraham gave all he had to Isaac and only gave the, the sons of the concubine certain gifts, you know, and then he sends them away. This, this takes me right back to the beginning when, when he had his other son and he sent them away. So he's separating them from Isaac, whom, whom he loved, you know, and I, and I think about that and I say, why are you sending them away? You made them. You chose to get married again. You chose to have another wife, you know, and have all these children. But now he's sending them away. And he goes into verse seven. He says, this is the son of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived 175 years. Abraham breathed his last breath and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years and was gathered to his people. This fulfilled the promise that the Lord made for him. Back in Genesis 15, 15, it says, as, as for you, you shall go to your father in peace. In other words, when he dies, he's gonna go to his uh, former family in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. Again, the Lord's fulfilling his promise to him that he's going to have a good life, that he's going to have a long life. And here is being fulfilled. You know, in other words, what God says he's going to do, he's going to do. What God has promised you that he's going to do in your life is going to come to pass. We just need to hold on because it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Verse nine, it says, and his son Isaac and Ishmael buried him. You know, so the two sons got together, you know, and Abraham's son, Isaac, at this point, he was 75. Ishmael was 89. They took on the responsibilities of, of burying their father. And they buried their father in the tomb that he previously bought where he had buried Sarah. So he was put to rest next to Sarah. And it goes right into verse 11. It says, and it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac and Isaac that lived in the land. So here the Lord is starting to bless Isaac. You know, he's trying to, to fulfill his promise that he made to Abraham. And he goes into the, the, in verse 12. Now, this is the genealogy of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar, the Egyptian, Sarah's maidservant, bore Abraham. So from verses 13 to 18, he talks about this 12 at the, at the sons that he have had, you know, so 12 princes, 12 nations that are going to come out of this. So again, you know, the, the, this is all, all the other sons, all the other sons. Then he goes into 19, which is one I'm going to, he says, this is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begun Isaac and Isaac was 40 years old at this point in his life. And he took a wife, Rebecca. You know, so he took he took a wife, and from 20 to 21, uh, verses 21, some time had to pass, because he goes from, he took a wife, and then he goes into, now Isaac pleaded with the Lord. So there was a time, you know, that has passed, that he's been waiting to have a son, you know, that he's been waiting, and, 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 and it's because he says that Isaac pleaded. He's not asking, he's pleading. You know, almost like you're begging the Lord, you know, and he says that, that he pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, 
That means that he must have been trying, they must have been working at it to have a, to have a children, and yet nothing was happening. So he went before the Lord, and the Lord granted his plea, and she conceived. This shows us never quit, never stop. You know, you know, believe the Lord, believe his word, because whatever God has said is going to come to pass. But sometimes it's going to take time. Sometimes it's going to be a little while before you get your answers. But the most important thing is that we don't give up. So here we go. She conceives. And in verse 22, it says, and it says, but the children struggle together within her, you know, and so this made her uncomfortable. And I don't know about having babies and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, I have many sisters. I have a wife. I have, I have, my, I have my Sandra there. And I know what they went through. I can see it in their eyes, the discomfort and everything. So I could just imagine when you have two of them fighting each other in the womb. That must have been uncomfortable. So she was concerned. But what did she do? It says that she inquired of the Lord. An important point is when we're going through difficulties, if we're going through times of doubt, if we're going through times of fear, let us inquire of the Lord. Let's not, let's, let's not be asking every, every person out there, what should I do? Because everybody's going to give you a different advice. Everybody's going to give you something, you know, that, that according to them you should do. But what does the Lord want you to do? You know, that's why it's, when I read this, as I say, this is a key point that she inquired of the Lord. Who are you going to believe? I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to believe what the Lord is trying to tell me, you know. And it says there in verse 23, and the Lord said to her, two nations are within your womb. Two people shall separate from your body. One shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So the Lord was already giving her advanced information what's going to happen. The Lord was already warning her, this is going to take place. You know, two nations at the, at the were in her, and those two nations were the Israelites and the Edomites. You know, these are the two nations that were there. You know, and, and the Edomites, you know, they have issues, they have problems. And, and if you read uh, in 2 Samuel uh, 8.14, and this is King David, and, and, and it says, he also put garrisons in Edom throughout all Edom, and he put garrisons in all the Edomites because, because he became David's servant. So all the Edomites became David's servants. So all the, this nation that was within her, you know, later on, they were going to go through some stuff because they were rebellious. They were rebellious. But you see that David, when he was alive, they became his servants because of their, they're, they're, they're not believing, they're not trusting and doing their own thing. And he goes right into uh, verse 24. And, and when her days were fulfilled uh, to give birth, Indeed, twins were born, and the first came out red. He was he was a he was a hairy guy. It says he was hairy. He had hair all over the place because that's what the Bible says. That's what we're talking about. That's what the Bible says. He had hair all over the place, and they call him Esau. You know, and the word Esau in Hebrew means hairy. So you know, so he was a hairy guy coming out. You know, and in verse twenty six, he says, 
Afterwards, his brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, you know? So he was called Jacob, you know, Jacob. And, and Jacob, you know, the, the Jacob means deceiver, sneaky guy, you know? That's what, that's what Jacob means. And, it's, and, and, and it says, so the boys grew. And Esau was a skillful hunter of the field. But Jacob was a mild man dwelling in tents. They were opposites from each other. They were totally opposites from each other. Esau was rough. Skill hunters. You know, and, and Jacob was quiet. It's what I call a mama's boy. Why? Because he was in the tent. He was always in the house. While Esau was out there hunting, doing all the manly thing, you know, Jacob was home, taking care of the dishes. And it says there that, that you know, and, and, and this brought division because they were separated. You know, they were not alike. They were not alike. There was also division between the parents. As we, as we see that Isaac was an outdoorsman himself, you know, so he, you know, he, he attached himself more to Esau, while Rebecca, you know, took her more dom domesticated son, Jacob, you know, because she even taught him how to cook, you know, and back then, you know, that was going to be the woman's place. That was the woman's place. The man was out there, outdoors. He was the hunter. He was the provider. He was doing all the other stuff. So, so here we see, we see the difference of them coming up. And in verse 28, he says, and Isaac loved Esau because he ate of, the, of, of his game. He ate while he went out there and hunt. But Rebekah loved Jacob. So again, they're starting on a bad note because they're choosing who they're going to love. They're choosing who's the, 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 the preferred one, you know. And so that brings division. And that brings division among the kids. We have to love all of our kids the same. You know, we're not supposed to have favorites. And that reminds me of my kids. When every time they get together and they're goofing off, they start saying, oh, he's the favorite or she's the favorite. You know, they go back and forth like this. You know, I say, oh, you loved her more. You loved him more. And, and that's in my house. And, and, but we do that in fun. But unfortunately, unfortunately out there, it happens. Unfortunately, out there, some parents love one more than the other. And we see it here. Because even though she was told what was going to happen, you know, they didn't prepare for it because they themselves brought division, brought division. And it says here in verse 29, now Jacob, so he jumps for them, if they're having their favorites, for them being different from each other. So some time has passed. Now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary. He was tired. And what does it say? And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with some of that red stew, for I am weary. Therefore, his name is called Edom. So here's where his name is changed a little bit to Edom for the Edomites, you know. So, so he came in and he was, he was hunting, he was doing his thing and everything else. But then again, he went in there, he asked for some food. Let me tell you, never go shopping to the supermarket if you're hungry. Because if you do that, Guess what? Just like I do, you start buying everything out there. And you, and, you, and you go home and you say to yourself, what the heck did I do? Because you're hungry. 
You're thinking with your stomach. In other words, don't make no decisions, you know, when you're weary and when you're tired. We have to be careful. We have to be mindful, you know. And it says, and it says, uh, verse 31, but Jacob said, Jacob said, sell me your birthright. As of this day, the birthright was an important part of the firstborn. You know, this included, you know, up to a double portion or two thirds of the material inheritance. This brought honor and responsibility to the covenant that was, that was placed there by God. And we see Jacob living up to his name, living up to his name. You know, because he, it, it wasn't just not anybody asking for food. It was his brother asking for food. I don't know about you. If my brother, if my sister, or just anyone will come and they're hungry, I'm not going to sell them a plate of food. You know, I'm not going to negotiate with them. You know, I'm going to give it to them. But here we see Jacob taking full advantage of the situation that his brother was weary, that his brother was tired, and his brother was hungry. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is the birthright to me? Again, making a fast decision because somebody's pressuring you, be careful. Be careful. I don't, if you go to the dealership, what they try to do to you, they try to make you buy that car and sign the paperwork before you even know it. They're telling you this is the best deal. This is a deal that we got to do today. And the pressure, the pressure, the pressure, you know, you know, and, and all of a sudden you feel like you have to buy it. Don't make no fast decision. And especially if you're hungry. And especially because, you know, you're letting your stomach talk to you. And that's what was happening. Because Esau said, what is this birthright to me? I'm about to die. You know, but you would think that if you are a hunter and you constantly are out there, won't you prepare a little bit better? You know, won't you prepare some snacks to take with you if you're going to be hunting? You know, you're not going to go out there and just hunt. You're going to pass out. But apparently, this is what was going on. And then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. And so Esau swore to him and sold his birthright. And then, you know, so again, when, when he swore his birthright over to him, he lost it right there. Because that was, that was like a contract back in the day. That was like the good old boys back in the day, you know, men were men, women were women. A man would shake some, another man's hand, and that was a contract. I would do this for you, and they would shake on it, and that was it. That was it. That was binding, you know. That was binding, you know. So, so here he swore to it, and it says in 34, and Jacob gave bread. And Jacob, uh, yeah, let's send it to, Jacob gave bread and stool. And lentils. Then he ate and drank and went away. Then Esau despised his birthright. Difficulties, hardship, problems. It's not the time to give up, but it's the time to get closer to the Lord. It is the time that we need to make sure that we know the word of God. You know, again, 
don't ever make a fast decision because that's a tactic of the enemy. The enemy wants you to make fast decisions. That way he can have us. That way he can get us trapped. That way we, you know, once we make those decisions, we can go back sometimes. So in other words, think about what we're going to do. It is so important to know the word. It is so important that we learn from these individuals the mistakes that they made, you know, because making a fast decision, because you're thinking with your stomach instead of thinking with your heart, you know, or you're thinking with your head instead of thinking with the heart, you know, and, and anything that you do, you got to say, what would Jesus do? Say, Lord, what should I do? You pray about it. And if you don't have no peace, guess what? Don't do it. Don't do it. Because our Lord is a Lord of peace. You know, he's not going to bring worry to your life. He's going to bring peace. He's going to bring calmness. He's going to bring comfort. You know, so in other words, as we go through life, let's fight the good fight. Let's, let's run this race to win. I came across uh, this weekend and I was in church and, and an individual came up for me for prayer. And he was and he was saying, I'm in a battle. I'm fighting. I'm fighting the enemy, you know, and, and I told him half the prop, half of the fight, it's already in your head. You know, it's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. And we have to know the word of God if we're going to be able to fight the good fight. We have to be able to to come against those thoughts that come. We have to come against what they are saying and declare the word of the Lord. Speak the word of the Lord. You know, and I say, and I say, you have to make sure that you focus on God because your word, the word of God, the Lord says, no weapon from against you will prosper. The word of the Lord will say, I do not allow anything to come to you that you cannot bear. So whatever it is that we're going through, we can bear it. At the moment, we don't feel like it. At the moment, we want to give up. At the, one, at the moment, we probably want to be like Esau and says, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. But the Lord is saying, calm down. Breathe in. Breathe out. You know, it's all going to work out. There's a solution to every problem. There is an answer to every problem. And that's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's found in his word. And if we have his word in our hearts and we have his, his word that, that the Holy Spirit is going to remind us when the problem comes, we can speak his word. Hebrews, my time is running. Hebrews 12, 1, 1 to 2, it says, therefore, also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight, every sin that so easily ensnares us. In other words, any temptation, any doubt that wants to trap us, you know, we have to set it aside. And it says, let us run with endurance the race set before us. Let us run with endurance. You're only going to have endurance if you have the word of God. If you have the word of God already in your heart to speak, to get ready. Like I always say, keep your focus, keep your focus, keep your focus. Remind yourself who you are. You're not a loser. You are a child of God. You were created with purpose, you know, and God is using you. Don't doubt yourself, but trust in the Lord. Verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy of what was set before him, he endured the cross, 
despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So he did it all for you and I. So that today, as we celebrate the 4th of July, as we celebrate this time of independence, as we celebrate this nation, that we don't forget who brought us, but the Lord. One nation under God. One nation under God. I don't care who says what. One nation under God. This nation was created upon Christian principles. And we need to get back to that. And we need to be able to speak the word of God. You know, and who do we trust? Again, my brothers and sisters, as I wrap this up this morning, this, this chapter about Jacob and Esau, about one who was a hunter and the other one who stayed home, two different characters, two different personalities, different in all ways, came from the same mother, you know, and yet she loved one and the father loved one. Love our children the same. Don't have no preference because they are all loved by God. Even when they disappoint you, you have to love them. Who else is going to love them? We are the ones that are supposed to be their parents. We are the ones that are supposed to show that love. So let's love them. Let's encourage them, you know, and let's help them along the way. But above all things, trust in God. The other important point, don't do anything. When your mind is not right, don't do anything if you're hungry. Come on now. Don't go shopping if you're hungry. Come on. Don't go buying food if you're hungry because you're going to have more food than what you can think about the time you get home. You know, and then you're going to say, what the heck did I do? I said, you were thinking with your stomach, you know, so we can't do that. So as we close this morning, let's seek the Lord. Let's seek his presence every day. I don't know how many times I, I get stopped and I'm, and I'm just sharing with somebody and they're having a difficulties and they're going through some struggles and I keep trying to tell them, do you spend time with the Lord? Do you spend time in his word? You know, because that's part of the battle. That's part of the battle. Because sometimes, you know, we think that we, we're so overwhelmed and half of that battle is already in the mind. You know, we got to make sure that we bring all those thoughts into captivity and ask the Lord, Lord, help me. You know, and when we have the word already in us, Holy Spirit will remind you who you are, that you are special. You were created with a purpose, that you have authority in the name of Jesus. And you can declare and decree, decree over yourself and over your family and that you can stand. Yes, that you can stand even in the, 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 in the storm, even in the difficult time. You can stand and be affirmed that the Lord is with you because he says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you abandoned. He is stronger by your side than what you think. So therefore, you have to make sure that you grab the Lord, that you grab his word and that you stand. And you speak life over yourself. You speak life over your family, you know, and over your home. So my brothers and sisters, I pray that you got something out of this this morning. I pray that the Lord will minister to you. And let's not forget, don't go shopping if you're hungry. Learn that today. Don't go shopping if you're hungry. Eat first, then go shopping. 
you bring home less things than what <laughs> less things with you. I'm having fun with this right here. But you know, my brothers and sisters, I love you. Please, 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 you know, focus on God, focus on his promise. Let's, you know, enjoy today. If you're home and your family, enjoy your family. Be safe. And let's not forget that what we have, it is a gift of God. That this independence that we have was given to us by the Lord. And let's not forget those that pay the price for our independence. Those that went out there and they never returned home. Because as we celebrate, it's not just a holiday. People think it's just a holiday. It costs something. It costs someone something, you know. Our salvation, it costs Jesus Christ to give it all for you and I. So it's not free. Someone paid a price. But praise the Lord that we can receive that salvation by grace, that we can receive that salvation just by receiving the Lord and just declaring him over our lives and over our homes. So let's not forget who we are, who he is, and what he has done for you. And above all, eat before you go shopping. Come on. Eat before you go shopping. <laughs> Let us pray, my brothers and sisters. Heavenly Father, I just praise you and I thank you. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I pray that you would just bless them throughout this day, throughout this week, Father. I pray that you would just meet their needs, Father God. My Lord, because you are there and you are present, Father, because you said that they can do all things through you, through Christ Jesus, Father God, that nothing is impossible for them that believe, Father. Your word says, Father God, that nothing that can come against them will prosper, Father God, because they have you, O oh Lord. And I thank you, Father God, for what you're going to do, what you have uh, are doing, Father. And I thank you for the miraculous, Father God, in their homes, in their family, for salvation, for their loved ones, my Lord God. I pray that they be lacking anything, for they have more than enough, Father. I pray, O oh Lord, that they can be able to move around, Father, and have the freedom to move around, Father, and I come against any sickness, Father God, any disease, anything that is trying to interfere, any doubt, any fear, Father God, and we send it back to the pit of hell where it came from, Father God, and we just declare your peace, we declare your joy, we declare your strength, we declare your healing, Father God, we declare your comfort, my Lord God, in their lives on this day, Father. I thank you again, Father, what you're doing and what you have done, and I thank you for what you're going to continue to do in their lives. For this we ask in Jesus' precious name, amen, amen, amen.